Hey team, this is Grant David Collins and welcome to Giving is a Skill, a grassroots giving podcast where ordinary people like you and me learn how to create meaning, impact, and connection with our time, talents, and money regardless of the amount. On this episode, we get to revisit a podcast episode from Christmas's past, so let's get started. About a year ago, I released a podcast episode called What to Do Instead of the 12 Days of Christmas. And because it is early in the holiday season, and there are likely many of you who have not figured out exactly what you are going to do in terms of giving and the holidays, I wanted to revisit this episode to explore this idea of how we can reframe the holidays into something that is different than the cultural norms portray it to be. I really have this belief on my end that if we see the Christmas season as a catalyst for our giving in the year to come, that that is the real and true gift that Christmas can bring to the world. And that is exactly what we explore in this revisited episode of the podcast. So let's get into it. The holiday season is in full swing, and so are we here at Basement Philanthropy. I hope that you are feeling the spirit of the season, the happiness, the joy, the selflessness that can come during the next couple of months. Uh, it really is a beautiful part of our culture that during this time of year, we get to look and focus on others um, for a chance instead of just ourselves. Now, obviously, Christmas can turn into something that isn't that way. Uh, you have probably heard the terms that uh, Christmas has been commercialized and that the true meaning of Christmas has been lost and uh, that we are just focusing on ourselves. And in our podcast today, we're going to talk about a way that you can buck that tradition of selfishness and bring back the old way of approaching Christmas and the holiday season, which really was based off of a tradition that is selfless in nature and really promotes the welfare and good of others. I've been listening to a lot of Christmas music lately. Uh, I have a rule that I follow that until Thanksgiving comes around, I'm not listening to Christmas music. But as soon as that passes, it's open season. It's ready to get out the Josh Groban Christmas or the Michael Bublé Christmas or the Ben Rector Christmas or whatever Christmas you listen to in your home. Like, bring it out. Let's let's bump those tunes in the car or in the living room or wherever you are at. Uh, one of the songs that you may have heard is The 12 Days of Christmas, uh, this song that is about uh, two lovers, and one of the lovers is trying to express themselves and the love that they have for somebody else by buying them 12 gifts of Christmas. Now, I was doing some research for this podcast, and somebody had gone out and calculated how much it would cost you to actually give the 12 gifts that are mentioned in the song. And it's between the number of 50,000 
to $100,000 that it would take you to be involved with actually giving these 12 gifts of Christmas, which is just outrageous. And it kind of fits with how I felt about that song uh, to begin with. But the tradition of the 12 days of Christmas actually comes way before the song. In a lot of Christianity, um, especially um, early Christianity, there was a thought around the time period when Jesus was born and the wise men showed up. And typically, um, by tradition, that was thought of the 12 days after Christmas. So starting on the 25th of Christmas and then moving through to the first part of January. And so this was supposed to represent a time of feasting and reflection and and what these people who were Christian uh, were going to give as gifts to the Savior or to their deity. And so that was a a big tradition. Um, And what has come from that is what I actually want to speak into, which is this concept of the 12 days of Christmas from a giving and philanthropic standpoint. Now, if you haven't heard of it, what people have adapted this into is the concept of choosing a family in your neighborhood or community, usually somebody that is in need, and walking through 12 days of Christmas with these individuals by giving gifts every single day for the 12 days leading up to Christmas. Now, these gifts can span from anything from a plate of cookies to needed supplies for winter as far as clothing is concerned or school supplies or Christmas gifts. And uh, it really has become this tradition of giving. And if you've listened to the podcast, you have heard how I feel about the 12 days of Christmas and how much it comes up in people's first experiences of giving and philanthropy. Like, just take a listen to the amount of times it is mentioned in previous interactions that I've recorded. These are just in interactions that I've recorded. That felt different than 12 days of Christmas or anything else. For a couple of years growing up, we would do 12 days of Christmas with families in our area. Yeah, so outside the 12 days, because it seems like everyone's been impacted by the 12 days. <laughs> 12 um, days follows me everywhere. <laughs> Get out. I don't even want to hear it. This is everywhere. And at first, I was taken back by it. I was like, why is this how people are getting introduced to giving. And and I didn't really have an opinion around it until I realized how damaging it can be to the way of thinking about giving and philanthropy. Now, I'm not all out hostile against the 12 days of Christmas. Like if it's done well, I think it can create some good during the, the uh, Christmas season. But For these reasons, I believe there is a better way of going about creating good. The first reason why I don't actually believe that the 12 days of Christmas is a great way of planting a seed of generational philanthropy and giving and tradition in your family is because it really boils down giving into a seasonal experience. Like during the holidays, 
we get outside of ourselves and we give to a singular family for 12 consecutive days. And as soon as Christmas happens, bam, we're done with giving and we can move on. And next year, when the tradition comes back up, we're going to all get together and we're going to start to give. And the, the challenge with that type of giving is that the giving that actually creates a lot of sustainable good in the world is consistent. It isn't just this once around the year type of giving. It is giving that happens consistently throughout the year. And so in these conversations I've had, it's almost given the precedence to these people that that is when giving takes place is during the holiday season. The second reason why I don't really love the 12 days of Christmas is because it is focused on this concept of anonymity. Like the whole concept around it is that you go and you doorbell ditch them and you drop it off so nobody knows what's going on. And it looks so great in the movies and the social media that depicts it. It's like, oh, this is a beautiful experience. And people are just behind the door. They're just so excited to be able to receive these gifts. And while that might happen sometimes, a lot of the times what happens is that these consistent reminders of gifts focuses people in on what they actually don't have and that they are in need. And the lack of interaction not only makes it so the giving isn't as useful as far as what they actually need, but it ends up leaving people feeling alone during the Christmas season. There's nobody to connect that to. And so it's it, it can be a challenge. It can bring even more hardship to families during this time of the year. The, the last reason why I'm not really a big fan of this tradition is because I don't actually think it's a very effective way of creating the good that people are wanting to in the world. And what I mean by that is... What can you actually do during 12 days that is going to have a lasting impact? Like there are interactions and things that can be created, but as far as supporting somebody in need that creates something that's different in the world, uh, it, it really is just not a great way from my perspective to be able to go about doing that. The, the concept is there. It's the thought that counts. And if it was only the thought that counted, this would be a great way of going about giving and creating good in the world. But because it's not, and that's what we talk about in this podcast, there is a better way of creating good during the Christmas season that really has longevity and creates the type of impact that you want in your community and in your family or sphere of influence that you're getting involved with giving. There really is a way to create a tradition of giving that uses the holidays as energy, but lasts year round. So instead of doing this focused 12 days of Christmas, my suggestion to you is that you take a few days during the holiday season to do the 12 months of giving and philanthropy. So what I mean by that is that you spend a couple days during the holiday season planning 12 experiences throughout the year that you can do consistently that creates the good that you want to during the holiday season. 
So with your family or yourself or your friends, whoever you wanted to get involved with this, you would create some specific time to sit down with them, to brainstorm around what good you want to create in the world, and then start to talk about how you could do that consistently through the rest of the year as a gift, not just during the holiday season, but throughout the rest of the year. So just to prime the pump and get things going a little bit, I have brainstormed 12 ideas that I want to push out to you that I believe can create a tradition of impact and giving in your family that lasts longer than the couple months that are set aside as the holiday season. So the first suggestion I have is to write handwritten notes of gratitude to three people who have had a positive impact on your life and deliver them. The second is to host a neighborhood food drive for food pantries. You've heard me talk about this over and over and over again recently because there's such a big need for food at these pantries while inflation is high and donations are low. So that's a really good opportunity for you to be involved with. The third thing that you could potentially do is to research a nonprofit organization in your area that aligns with your skill set or interests and plan some time to go and volunteer with them in one way or another. Now, this doesn't just have to be one time. If you find that you align with this group, like feel free to volunteer more times. Do it every month if you want to, or every week, or whatever aligns for you. The fourth thing is to take a friend or neighbor to dinner to help them feel supported, heard, listen to, and and this doesn't have to just be somebody who is quote-unquote in need. This can just be somebody that you want to show appreciation to, and so you take them out. The fifth idea is to go out and donate some blood. Blood is another thing that is always in high demand because of how much it is used and the life-saving nature of that. And Honestly, there's not really a better description of giving of yourself than actually going out and donating blood. It's an incredible experience. I do it quite often. And uh, if you're not afraid of needles, go out and have at it. If you are, see if there's a way that you can get around that um, so that you can help donate to this good cause. Uh, The sixth thing is to contact your local old folks home and ask if there is someone who does not get regular visitors and schedule some time to go and be with them either by yourself or with your family. Uh, These organizations, I've done this before, they always have the inside scoop on these types of people who not only need a visit, but would really like be welcoming towards it. Uh, And so that is another thing that you can be involved with. Uh, The seventh suggestion I have is to buy flowers for someone in your life who you appreciate and want to recognize. Flowers are so underrated, especially in our technology-focused world. Um, Something that is tangible and that is beautiful and can really help somebody feel needed and loved. It is such a solid way of creating good in your world, and I, I highly recommend it. Um, Number eight is to work with a teacher you know to buy school supplies for their classrooms. 
I hear it time and time again that there isn't enough funding for a lot of these teachers to do the activities and the things that they actually want to do with their kids. And so talking to a teacher you know to be able to figure out if there's a way to support them in this way and then going and volunteering in the classroom for that activity or whatever it is, like such a solid way for you and your family um, or the people that you love to be able to get involved. Um, number nine is to help somebody in your neighborhood with either spring cleaning or fall winterization of their yards and property. Uh, this is always a big need in anybody's life, whether they are old or not, but especially in the elderly community. This is a solid way for you to be able to provide some some real good and connection and help uh, in something that is is challenging for people if they don't have the resources. Uh, the tenth thing that I would suggest is to research a nonprofit organization that aligns with the good that you want to create in the world and donate a percentage of your upcoming paycheck to that organization. So do the research, do the work to make sure that you align with the organization, that they're providing the service or impact that works for you and is something that you want to create. And then designate a portion of your paycheck to be able to be involved with creating that good. The 11th thing that you could potentially be involved with is to contact your local boys and girls club or an organization that facilitates mentorship or interaction for children after school and see if there's an opportunity for you or your family or your community to provide mentorship to the people that are involved with the organization. The youth and the kids that are involved here is our way that you can get involved with mentorship. Uh, the twelfth thing that I would recommend, or uh, an example that you can think around as far as things that you could plan for the next year, is to go through your closet or house and find things that you don't use anymore, and then donate them to a local charity like Goodwill or Deseret Industries um, here in the Mountain West. Uh, it's a great way to clean up some of the clutter that is around your home and to help these organizations and the people that they serve. So you don't have to do any of those. Uh, that was really just a way for you to start to expand your mind around what is possible. And in fact, the brainstorming part of this work is perhaps some of the most fun and impactful when you are doing this during the holiday season. Like go to Trader Joe's and grab some of the apple cider, heat it up, have some nice ginger cookies, and then go through this uh, brainstorming uh, experience. Oh, there's there's literally nothing better in the world than than doing that. If there is, tell me about it, but I, I don't know. I'll, I'll probably challenge you on it because that sounds incredible. Another thing that you can think about is instead of doing 12 different things throughout the year, focus on one thing that you want to be a part of in terms of creating good in your local community or sphere of influence on a consistent basis. So month by month, you're involved with a similar project or organization, 
And you'll see that that impact actually lasts the longest because it is consistent, sustainable, and has enough time to really be able to create some solid change or good in the world around you. So if you find during your brainstorm that you're really hitting on a specific topic that you want to create more than just a one-time experience around, then I would just um, invite you to actually be around it. And it's not that the one-offs are, are bad. They're just not consistent enough to really be able to pro provide long-term change, which is what we're really focused on. So that's another option that you can, can do. And so as you work through this, I hope that you've been able to see what I've been able to see as I've approached this type of activity, that if we focus on the holidays as a catalyst to the giving for the rest of our year, it becomes this incredible time to be able to get the energy and the perspective and the, the, the mindset to be able to live an impactful philanthropic life instead of just seeing it as a season that comes and goes and we only think about giving during this time. There's so much need in the world year round. And unfortunately, volunteer hours and donations skyrocket in the months of December and January, but they quickly fall after the holiday is done. And all these organizations are strapped for donations and volunteers and those types of things for the remaining 10 months out of the year. And we can, we can change that if we change our focus to using the Christmas season as a way to catalyze giving for the rest of the year. Well, team, that's it for me. Let's go out into the world and create good with the money in our pockets, not only during the holiday season, but year-round together. Talk soon.